There's something about the ocean that ignites our souls. There's a sense of oneness with nature, with the moment, with ourselves. But did you know there's a hidden story beneath the waves? Join me for this must-listen episode, where you'll hear how a family holiday and a random Netflix documentary led me to explore the secret world of coral. Why these miraculous living structures might help explain the big spiritual shifts we're experiencing in the world right now and how they can help save us from global warming and ourselves. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Nick Broadhurst. And that song you were listening to is a remix of my latest single, Breathe, by Alex Herman. And I selected that song for you today for a very important reason. Do you like to breathe by any chance? Around 80% of the oxygen you are breathing right now comes from the ocean, not from the land. If you want to breathe, you need a healthy ocean. In January this year, I surprised Leo and Melissa by taking them on a trip to Lady Elliot Island, which is a tiny tropical island about 40 minutes flight in a teeny tiny plane off the coast of Harvey Bay, Queensland. If you head to iamnickbroadhurst.com forward slash 111, I'll post some photos there so you can check it out as well from our trip. But I have to say, it was one of the most magical experiences I've ever had. And to share that with my family was so beautiful. Melissa gets terrible, terrible seasickness, like the worst you can imagine. So for her, it was maybe not as pleasurable. But for Leo and I, it was heaven. Swimming amongst green sea and loggerhead turtles, as well as cowtail stingrays, just about every fish you could dream up in your imagination. And of course, sharks, lots of sharks. One time we went around this coral corner and could see a massive tail in a gap. And as Leo and I swam over the top, we woke up two tawny nurse sharks about three meters in length. It's pretty big. And one of them turned around and shot straight through Leo's legs. That was a moment we'll never forget. The experience was kind of like swimming in an exotic aquarium. The water so, so thick with fish that they seemed to be clouds. It almost seemed dirty because there was just fish everywhere. And there was tons of jellyfish as well. It was just, it's hard to describe unless you've been there. And the coral, let's speak about the coral. It turns out that Lady Elliot Island is one of the most untouched marine reserves in the world. The coral still looks kind of like the way you imagine. Beautiful big coral heads, vibrant with color, so vivid and brilliant, you almost can't believe they're real. It's teeming with fish. You're just literally left wordless and awestruck. I was filled with so much gratitude at being able to bring my family to such natural beauty. But what I didn't realize is just how lucky we were to witness that at all. Last night, Leo and I watched an incredible documentary called Chasing Coral. I was moved to tears many times because for me, the ocean is something I hold very 
very dear to my heart. And I could feel the pain of these little silent heroes of the ocean. Surfing is one of my most loved activities on the planet. And since moving myself to a whole food plant-based diet, I've grown a deep connection and fondness for marine life. What I once used to see as food and how can I catch it, I now see as friends. But these friends need coral. Our oceans need coral. An ocean without coral is like having no trees on the surface of the earth. I want you to imagine something for a minute. Imagine all the trees from Washington DC to Maine suddenly dying. Or depending on where you are in the world, how about all the trees from London to Glasgow? Or maybe all the trees from Sydney to Melbourne? Dead. Do you think the world might notice that? Do you think something might be done about it if suddenly they all shriveled up into brittle brown skeletons? In 2016, in the space of a few months, around 30% of the Great Barrier Reef died. In the years since, it's now reached 50%. 50% of the Great Barrier Reef dead. These are reefs that took 500,000 years or more to grow. And that's just one example. Coral is dying every day all around the world. About 50% of the world's coral is now dead. So what does this have to do with global warming and climate change? Well, 93% of the excess heat of climate change is absorbed by the ocean. If the ocean didn't play this role for us, the average temperature on Earth would go from 14.4 degrees Celsius to 50 degrees Celsius, or how about 58 degrees Fahrenheit to 122 degrees Fahrenheit. Keeping in mind, that's the average, which means many parts of the world would be completely uninhabitable. But while the ocean is busy saving our butts by absorbing this heat, it's not without consequence. Rising temperatures cause coral bleaching and the loss of breeding grounds for marine life. This is not good. But it's not just the heat that the oceans absorb. The more greenhouse gases like carbon dioxide that we produce, the more the ocean absorbs them, and the more acidic our oceans become, which can also cause coral bleaching. I mean, honestly, it's a complete shite show, guys. Let's be real. We as humans so often look up to the stars in awe and wonder. Yet right here in front of us is an alien-like world, the ocean. The Great Barrier Reef is the largest living structure on planet Earth. Yes, I said living structure. Coral is in fact an animal. The branch or the mound that we often call a coral is actually made up of thousands of tiny animals called polyps. A coral polyp is an invertebrate that can be no bigger than like a pinhead right up to a foot in diameter. Each polyp has a sac-like body and a mouth that is encircled by stinging tentacles. The polyp uses calcium carbonate, which is limestone, from seawater to build a hard skeleton which protects the soft, delicate body of the polyp. It's amazing, right? I know some people, despite all the scientific consensus, are still doubtful about global warming. But whether you believe global warming to be real or not, there's an undeniable fact. The oceans are getting warmer very fast. 
When you hear this, you can kind of imagine that all the water is getting warmer around the world, which as an average is true. But what tends to happen is that certain areas heat up significantly more than others. And these warmer bodies of water, they move around the globe via sea currents, which means that scientists can predict ahead of time what parts of the ocean are likely to warm up. In chasing coral, they used that data to travel to various reefs around the world to take time-lapse footage of coral. What they captured was heartbreaking to watch. Once healthy and thriving reefs were decimated into brown, algae-covered dead zones with barely any marine life left. And I'm not talking about years of footage here, guys. This happened in about 30 days. That's one month from thriving to dead and decimated. And it all starts with coral bleaching, which is when the coral loses all its rich hues and turns into a stark, colourless white. Nature was not designed to kill itself in a matter of days. We're looking face-on at the inevitable eradication of an entire ecosystem within 30 years, within our lifespan. This is not just coral, this is an ecosystem. All the life that coral sustains, gone. When that happens, the food chain gets terribly out of balance and unhealthy. And remember, if you want to keep breathing, then you need healthy oceans. And we're not even touching here on other matters of ocean health like pollution. That is a whole other topic and one that I recently invested in personally. There's this amazing solution called Seabin Project. And if you want to check that out, head to the show notes at iamnickbroadhurst.com forward slash 111. Now you might be thinking, but isn't global warming just part of a natural cycle? I mean, I've totally thought this. Now, mass coral bleaching can be tied to El Nino events. El Nino is a climate cycle in the Pacific Ocean that has a global impact on weather patterns. The cycle begins when warm water in the western tropical Pacific Ocean, which is above the northeast of Australia, shifts eastward along the equator toward the coast of South America. El Nino is natural, but the heat content in our oceans are now exacerbating conditions. So we're now seeing these coral bleaching events happen without the assistance of a natural El Nino pushing that warm body of water around. It's true that in a natural cycle, the world can warm up and cool down naturally without any human interference. Over the past million years, there have been around 10 cycles, each lasting around about 100,000 years. 80 to 90,000 of those years are ice age, and about 10 to 20,000 are warmer years. But Here's the kicker. In a natural cycle, CO2, carbon dioxide, lags behind the warming, but now CO2 is leading the warming. What does that all mean? It's got something to do with what are called Milankovitch cycles. Milankovitch cycles, in a nutshell, are cyclical movements related to the Earth's orbit around the sun, which affect the amount of sunlight and therefore energy that Earth absorbs from the Sun, which clearly changes the temperature. There are three main Milankovitch cycles, and these include the shape of Earth's orbit as it moves around the Sun, the angle the Earth's axis is tilted with respect to its orbit, 
and the direction that Earth's spin axis is pointed, okay? That's called its precession. I'm going to come back to that word, precession, because something just clicked for me. Each Milankovitch cycle is around 26,000 years, okay? Remember that number, 26,000 years and precession. It would be really convenient for humans to have these cycles to blame so that we can continue on our path with these destructive habits. But the truth is, these cycles simply can't explain all the climate change that have been taking place or explain the rapid warming that our beautiful Gaia, Mother Nature, has experienced, especially since the mid-20th century. Now, I'm not going to go into all the science here, but I will provide some links in the show notes to more science if you want to read about it. But no matter what way you look at it, it's pretty hard to deny that the composition of Earth's atmosphere has changed over the last century with huge spikes in CO2 from burning fossil fuels. One argument you'll hear is that we're coming out of an ice age, so it's natural for the Earth to warm up. Earth is in an interglacial period, which is a period of milder climate between ice ages. But based on Earth's current orbital positions within the Milankovitch cycles, our planet should be getting cooler, not warmer. Now, this is a trend that started more than 6,000 years ago. I mean, it's pretty fascinating, right? I've been completely geeking out on all of this and came into this with a totally open mind, taking the view that there's no right or wrong. I wasn't fixed on global warming or no global warming. But let's go back to that word precession and that number 26,000 years. You would have most likely heard of the Mayan calendar and how it has something to do with 2012, December 31st, 2012. It was in 2012 that it's believed Gaia, Mother Earth, shifted her consciousness into the fifth density or 5D, otherwise known as the 3D to 5D shift, which is the highest period of consciousness that Gaia can supposedly experience. Now, Gaia, Mother Nature, as its own entity, has consciousness. This gives birth to a new paradigm, but this time around in the cycle, with many of the almost 8 billion people clinging on to very base and dense energies, that's a lot of energy to shift. So what then makes the shift happen? It's referred to as a great cleansing, and it's thought to be some sort of event that causes the collapse of the old reality. What I found fascinating when diving into all of this is that the Milankovitch cycle is around 26,000 years in duration. And guess what happened 26,000 years ago from 2012, which is 24,000 BC? It was the peak of the last ice age, the time around which modern humanity emerged, and also the beginning of the great cycle as predicted by the Mayan calendar. It's all tied together. Science and ancient wisdom are intersecting. And they're both saying the same thing. Something is going on right now in our lifetime. It's an incredible time to be alive. But this cycle greatly outlasts us, our children and our children's children. But if we all don't play our part now in bringing about the change we desire, well, what world will our children and grandchildren experience? Coral and the marine life that depends on them can't share on social media, they can't march in the streets or lobby governments for change. Coral do have one last sad but beautiful trick though. In a last ditch attempt, before their inevitable death around the world, we started seeing coral turning bright fluorescent colours of purple, blue and yellow. 
This had never been seen before and turned out to be corals' last chance at protecting themselves before they die by secreting a natural sunscreen to help protect themselves from the excess UV radiation that is associated with the bleaching event. It's like beautifully heartbreaking. They are silently screaming for our attention and help. So what can we do right now? Yes, the problem seems overwhelmingly big, but nothing changes if nothing changes. We have to all start really looking at how we live, how we shop. We all have one very powerful tool at our disposal, the dollar. Where we use our dollars, pounds or euros can have an immediate impact. Do you shop at your local farmer's market and take your own bags? Do you buy plastic-free wherever possible? Do you choose products made from recycled biodegradable or compostable materials? Once you've bought an item and welcomed it into your home, do you stretch out its lifespan as long as possible? Do you then re-gift, repurpose, or recycle it? Do you only spend money on things you truly need or value? Do you support companies with innovative environmental policies? And even more importantly, do you walk away from ones that don't? It's not just voting with our dollars, it's how we show up in our daily life too. Do you pick up the trash you walk past in the street? Do you turn the power off when it's not in use? Do you avoid food wastage? Do you walk or ride instead of driving where possible? Do you walk your walk, not just your talk? Do you lead by example? Do you have open, maybe even uncomfortable conversations with your kids around the dinner table? Do you compost all your plant matter? The people leading the charge, like the filmmakers of Chasing Coral, need our support. I have just personally set up a recurring monthly donation to the Wild Foundation to support the team at Chasing Wilds so they can continue to educate our children. It's our children that need to know what they stand to lose. Even better, donate anonymously and feel how powerful it is to just give without recognition. I've also set up a recurring donation with the 50 Reefs project, which is an initiative aimed to identify an optimum portfolio of reefs for targeting coral reef conservation. That's 50 reefs that together have the potential of surviving the impacts of climate change and the ability to help repopulate neighbouring reefs over time. Imagine being the person who created that, seriously. Like what an amazing project, it's incredible. And here's the thing, you can create something like that. Don't wait for someone else. Take your inspiration and just make it happen. Decide on what that one next step is and take that step today, not tomorrow. Because if we want to breathe, we need our oceans to be healthy. If we want our oceans to be healthy, we need healthy coral. If we want healthy coral, we need to act now because for some coral somewhere in the world right now, silently shining vivid fluorescent purple, yellow or blue, they don't have a tomorrow and they need your help. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Nick Broadhurst Show. You can get all the show notes at iamnickbroadhurst.com forward slash 111. And I have to say, of all my podcasts, oh, this one really got me, really got me. I mean, I feel really emotional just recording this. So important. You can also get a full transcript of the show. If you want to send this to someone for them to read it, if they don't do podcasts, you can go to iamnickbroadus.com forward slash 111 and just send them that link. And I have a massive favor, of course. Now, 
this is an important topic and we need ideas and knowledge and information like this to spread. So please do me a favor, share this on your social media. I'd be so grateful. And as you know, I will personally respond. Tag me at I am Nick Broadhurst. And last of all, head into Spotify, search for my name. Please hit the follow button and add some of my music to your favorite playlists. And remember today to look up, see the beauty around you, see the beauty within you. Remember that right now, a beautiful, shiny little piece of coral needs your help. What actions are you taking today? What decisions are you making today? What choices are you making today? Think of that coral. Be gentle with yourself. Be love. Listen to your intuition. And as always, have a beautiful day. I love you heaps. And just before you go, just wanted to let you know that the information and views presented in this podcast are personal and for educational and entertainment purposes only. The information presented is not intended as a substitute for medical or professional advice. Please seek advice from a qualified medical practitioner before starting any new diet, health, or lifestyle practice. There you go. Catch you soon.